Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, season 2, episode 2. It's called Who Mourns for Adonis. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. So we started with a good episode, nice strong, out the gate. Yeah. And then we came plummeting into episode 2. Yeah. With a, with a right, maybe stinkers it, harsh, but... I, I, think, I think it got to the point where they were like, oh, it's a godlike being. I was like, oh, God, already... Yeah, another one. Yeah, didn't take long to get I, one. I will give it props in the sense that they were like, really, another one? You know, this this ain't a god. We've seen this all before. This is true, and at least it ended with them kind of taking away, even though they never really explain it that well. It's just kind of like, oh, his power comes from this, this thing, and then they destroy it, and then that's it. And, yeah. And that, like... Um, I mean, I like the final point, because when they defeat the god, because the whole thing is that Apollo, who's in the episode wants them to worship him because the gods need to be worshipped and whatnot. And all the other gods have kind of passed on to whatever gods go. I mean, they're still immortal, but they kind of, you know, it's not the same as us dying, but it kind of, you know, they, they vanquish into eternity or whatever. Yeah. Um, Kirk basically says, well, yeah, but we outgrew you. We have no need for you anymore. I actually kind of like that point. I thought that was a nice poignant little statement to make of outgrowing yeah. the need to worship, you know, gods. Um, which is also very ballsy for a uh, a 60s TV show and admittedly yeah, they get they get around it slightly because they're specifically talking about you know these ancient Greek gods as but opposed the, the, yeah. the point is still there because yeah. I mean when has Star Trek ever actually mentioned religion yeah I mean you just kind of assume it's not uh, not a thing right it's nothing and, and, and like I say it is bullsy because you know that, that's a bold thing to say in even today in America I, I think I think that's how they get around it. Is that like Roddenberry wanted it to be, you know, without religion. So instead of mentioning it and saying they don't have religion, they just never talk about it and never have it and never yeah. say anything to, about it. Um, this is, of course, the first time that it's really come up. But they've, they've kind of skirted around it by never mentioning, you know, what modern people talk about in terms of God and Christianity. There's just you not know, the Greek gods, like they talk about those. But the sentiment's clearly there. Like, yeah, you, you get it. Like, it's, it's there. So I like that, right? That That is my one positive statement about the episode. That's about okay. it. Okay, that's strong. That's about it. Uh, I'm so, I just, I didn't like this so much. I mean, I, I like the initial image of this hand, this giant hand that comes out in space. Yeah, when planet. it comes onto the screen, I was like, oh, are we getting one of these episodes? Oh, yeah, mysterious object in front of the Enterprise. I have to figure out what it is. I love those. And then it became godlike being. Yeah. I can do yeah. what I want. I've got power to do anything. It, it was, do you know what the moment it was that it, I just lost interest completely? It was when... They refuse to do what he wants, and he just starts to do something to the ship. Like the pressure on the ship just starts to, like, yeah, you know, go down or whatever. And it's like, okay, right, I can just do whatever he wants. All right, been there, done that. Very much. <laughs> Multiple times I, at this point. I, I enjoyed Chekhov because obviously this was his first experience with a a godlike being. True, true. Yeah, he even has a line where he's like, "Oh, I've never encountered a god before." Um, yeah. And I think Kirk says something. Oh, you still, still probably haven't. haven't. Yeah. Uh, but I, I almost read that as differently as like he's saying, "Yeah, yeah, we've, we've already done this like five times. This, this not, you used to yeah. check off." Yeah. Which, to be fair, they've still not mentioned that he's new. But at least his exchanges in this episode felt like he was new. Like they never actually said he's new. Right. But, but they definitely imply he's new to going to the ground on these sorts of missions, at the very least. Yeah, because uh, McCoy has that line about uh, or Spock's infecting that that that, that boy Jim. Yeah, um, and the fact that they mention he's only twenty-two or something like that, like it also implies yeah, he's, he was he's young. new. Yeah, so uh, you know, that's another thing. I don't think we mentioned it last week, but 
I think it's a, it was a really ballsy move to put a Russian on, on the the crew. You know, like again, it's this idea yeah. that you know we we moved past all this. But sixties, that was you know, space race was just getting started, all that stuff. It was. I mean, this was what only six, seven years after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like you know, like right. I mean, the point being that we're right deep in the middle of the Cold War. <laughs> like we're not. Yeah. Yeah, we're not close to the end of it by any means. We're still deep in it at this point. Right, exactly. Like tensions were high, um, but I think that makes it all more, all the more poignant. Like, I'm almost curious as to what were what were people saying when they saw a Russian on Star Trek, and right, because obviously the point is saying now we've moved past this. Those yeah. petty squabbles. Don't I mean anything? Like, like he still has his culture. I think in this, you know, there's a good few references to his his Russian heritage and stuff in this episode, and it's the idea that no, he he's still Russian. Like they're they're not hiding from that, but that's not a problem anymore. That they're they're friend, they're all friends together. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think it's good. I, I suppose I'll praise that. I mean, that's not really praising this episode as much. It's as not. It's just... I, I, I we probably should have mentioned it last episode really yeah. with his introduction, but yeah. we had an, we had enough other good stuff but, to talk about last episode. But I think that's why you noticed it in this one is because they actually reference his heritage a little bit. Because like, because I think at one point it says something, and then Kirk says no, and you know English myth it's this like he he. Like he, yeah. he sort of says, no, that's that's the Russian version. This is the English version. So they they point it out in this one. So it's more noticeable because even though he's got the accent, it never really came up in the last episode. It wasn't right. You know, if you if you're just not paying attention to the accent, you wouldn't even. I think that's it. Like now, we don't even think about it because, sure. But yeah, why not have you, a Russian got, on the crew? Whatever. You, you got to take a minute to remember that. That was probably a big deal. Probably was. I don't think that's fair. Um, so what is this episode? You know, beyond what we've said and uh, the ultimate meaning, uh, it's so they're standing in this little this little set they've built. That's got a couple of benches and this sort of throne. You know, these these columns, little little stage uh, where Apollo sits, and our characters, at least the ones on the planet, sit around here, and occasionally Apollo shows up, uh, shows how powerful he is, then disappears, uh, shows up. And you know, Kirk, Kirk or one of the others, usually Scotty, because he's got a crush on the uh, the random female crew member that we've never seen before, uh, and he's trying to defend her because the politics are likened to her, and someone will try and attack him or just basically just uh, not go along with them, and he'll zap them, they'll disappear. I like the sound effect, you know, when he like backhands Scotty. Sure. <laughs> and and it has a nice big thunderclap sound effect. The point oh, I'm getting nice. at, though, is that the episode is very repetitive. I felt like it's, it was it's just... very boring, isn't it? Apollo kept coming back to this one location, this one set that they built, and I actually, I groaned when they, like... Because, obviously, Spock's up in the ship. He's been told to stay up there. Because uh, I mean, maybe that's an interesting point, is that the uh, is Apollo's racist towards Vulcans. Maybe that's a little bit yeah. interesting, because he says, don't bring him with the pointy ears. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a little bit interesting. Like, maybe that's part of why it's outdated. Like, that's why we don't worship you anymore, because it, 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 it... You know, it... It celebrates that idea where you know we're past that again. Yeah. So you know, so maybe there's some good, you know, well-intentioned. Certainly, I'm not going to dispute the intentions of the episode, but there's a piece of structured filmmaking and entertainment and pacing and just interesting in terms of what's actually happening throughout most of it. It's it's quite dull because Smog's up in on, up in the ship and he's with Ahura and whoever else is still up there and Sulu's still up there and they're, they're trying to like because they're basically. Apollo's blocking all their communications. He's blocking their shields and everything else. They're just in the fact that the hand is literally just sort of holding them in place. Yeah. And uh, occasionally we cut up back there, and they're just—it's basically a hero. Like she's tinkering with like uh, 
like motherboards and stuff and like you yeah know, and boards. spots going can't you do any quicker and she's like no i don't know what i'm doing that's basically all it is like he goes up to chile are you still scanning still scanning not found anything yet okay keep scanning <laughs> and that's basically all that happens up there i did laugh though because uh Maybe I'm wrong, but all those like motherboards and shit, like all those uh, chipsets that Ahura was messing around with, they look really fake to me. And I don't know if it's maybe just that in the 60s, they looked a little bit different because they were clunkier, bigger, mm. but it looked like someone had just made them. No, I know what you mean. Like they, they, they just got little, little bits and stuck them to a, a board and painted them and made it yeah. you know, rather than looking like an actual motherboard. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, they just look really fake to me, but no, that's a big deal. But, um, but again, that, that's kind of weird because I think in, when this aired, most people had probably never seen what that looked like. They're very true. Think, I mean, like, think about it. Like, people know what a motherboard or anything like that looks like now, but like back then, like, no, no, you're right. Unfortunately, I think there's probably still too many people now who couldn't tell you what a motherboard looks like. <sighs> yeah, I mean, filthy casuals. What are we, what are we gonna do about? Let's see, that's it. Uh, I am kidding, of course. It's okay if you don't know what a motherboard looks like. That said, if you're the sort of person who panics when they, they minimise something and don't know how to get it back, then, you know, get some lessons, right? Uh, also, have you, you have Google it. at your disposable. Go look at what a motherboard looks like. Uh, true. Actually, that's one of my pet peeves, is when people will ask you something they could find out in a Google in, like, 10 seconds. Yeah, if, it, if, it, if it's something, like, really simple. Yeah, like... Yeah, because whenever, like, uh, I hate to, you know, rag on the mother, but, you know, it, typically it's the parents, usually, who ask you stupid questions and don't understand these things, right? When, whenever, like, she's like, oh, but you grew up with computers, and I'm like, well, to a certain point, but no one taught me how to do any of this. I just looked things up. If there was something I needed to do on the computer that I didn't know, I Googled it, and I got instructions, and I learned. This is what I don't get. Google is like one of the, the greatest resources of our age. I'm self-taught. It. It's completely self-taught. No one, no one taught me anything. All you have to do is read. Well, as long as you've been taught to read, of course, that that tends to help. I'm fairly certain my my mother can read. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you weren't self-taught to read. You, you, oh, you sure. Were, you were yeah, taught okay. to read, and sure, then you, yes. you you taught yourself more. I'm not expecting anyone to be self-taught to read, though. <laughs> you never know. So, so it's a fair fundamental... Po- I mean, if nothing else, you should at least be taught in life how to read, write, and uh, maybe do some basic math. Right? That's the, that's the fundamentals of living <laughs> that you need. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Right, those are fundamentals. You can tell we don't have that much interesting things to say about this episode, because we're, we're off in all sorts of... Weird yeah, tangents. this this was also one of those ones that showed how it can be. As forward thing as Star Trek is, it has these occasionally dated moments with the the female crew member at the start. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we... Uh, and it was it basically boiled down to yeah, but she's a woman; she's going to go join a family and leave the service. Yeah, oh, it leads to that little that, that slightly funny joke with a uh, Kirk's like, "Oh, Bones, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just call it losing a crew member; I'd call it." Wait a minute! I'm losing a crew member. Like that was a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but it was one of those moments that just felt dated again. Like the, the expectation on the woman is that she's she's fine now, but at some point she's going to leave to go and be a family. Yeah, I mean, you could read that scene a little bit more, and like maybe McCoy isn't saying it because she's a woman. But it's just that it's because she's the type of person he expects it from, more than just because. I think you're being generous. Maybe I am, but it, it was the way he said it. It was more like. 
Because Scotty was interested in her, right? And Bones recognised that. And the way he spoke, it was kind of like, he just knew that she was the type of person to who this wasn't the life for her. Like, eventually she would go and do these other things. Because it's it's not like he says, oh, he shouldn't expect to be with anyone. It was more specifically, no, she's the type of person who, you know, this isn't the life for her. Because we saw in season one that, you know, two crewmates were going to get married, so it's not unheard of that... No, no, it's true. ...a couple would be on the ship together working, so... It's the thing, it's the hams. It is. I just, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like that to me when I was watching it. If anything, I'm, I'm, my my datedness of it would be more of uh, directed at the fact that Apollo t- puts her in like this, you know, dress like quite quickly. It's like it's like, oh, you're pretty. Here's a dress with I, I at skin. least see at least that one was the point was that's what he was used to in in ancient Greece. That was the point, I think, because he even said, uh, you know. Artemis's bow arm is uncovered, so you're going to be like that. Like I, that was, I, I get, you know, we're looking at this going, yeah, it's just an excuse to have it. But at least they wrote it into the script for once. That doesn't get them out of jail, though. Come on now, they get to write whatever they want. They, they, they could have easily just not wrote the part where he says, "Oh, I want you to look like I'm used to." Yeah, you could, but again, because let me ask you this: Does it affect anything else in the rest of this episode if she's not in that dress? No, a single but, thing. Uh. I'm just I'm just trying to think through logic because obviously his whole thing is you know he's into her and he's like no I want you to to be to basically you know like you're gonna you're gonna restart my race right okay yes and so he's like you know I'll, he he's like no I want you being as, as good as you can be kind of thing I think from his perspective so I think it plays into his ego okay okay um I mean okay. If I'm going to defend this a little bit, he, that that whole bit at the start where he's like, "Oh, she's the sort of woman who'll abandon this life and go and be married," that does kind of play into later on in the episode when they've lost all hope and the only way they're going because they find that they have to like get him angry to drain his energy. Uh, basically, Kirk asks her like, "You have to, you have to piss him off. You have to resist them, yeah, because um, you're the one that can." And she doesn't really want to. She's actually kind of infatuated with him. But he, he sort of like lays down like, no, this is your duty. You're an officer, and this is what you're you need to. This is an order. Like this, yeah. this is part of your duty. And she ultimately makes that choice. Maybe showing that, she, unlike what Bones was saying at the start, maybe she is willing to sort of commit to this life. Mm. Um, so maybe there is something in there. I don't think it's done well enough that where I'm like, oh, that was a big moment for her where she proved them yeah, wrong. No, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It does. It it feels like the the ideas are there, but they're not really coming through. Yeah. And maybe that's just down to it being a really dull episode. So by the time you're yes. getting to these points, you kind of just checked out. Like, anyway. like I was saying, I, I grow and see, see when like they're they're up in the ship and they discover, oh, it's it's that thing he's been sitting on the whole time. That's the source of his power. I was like, oh, that's convenient. It's the one set we've got for the planet. Is where, where the the thing is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was me thinking, oh, that's when they'll, they'll finally get to a new place. Because other than that, we just see like them standing in like around some fake trees and plants. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're behind a bush. Basically, is, is the gist of it. Pretty uh, much. So, so uh, ultimately, that's the biggest problem I have. Obviously, we've had these godlike characters too many times before. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that the episode is all just kind of like again, it's repetition in the one location of the same things kind of happening over and over again. Um, there's some nice ideas, some well-intentioned stuff in there, uh, but ultimately, it doesn't amount to much entertainment. And as a result, I was kind of bored. Uh, yeah, me too. It, it, like I say, it it has ideas, but it never develops them. And instead yeah. of developing, we it just does the same thing over and over. Yeah, 
And on top of it, like these godlike things, like the more because they keep doing different spins. Because we had that one uh, square of Gothos, where it was the, the the one who was like obsessed with you know was it seventeenth century or whatever it was, yeah, like Napoleon and yeah. all that, wasn't it? Um, and then like here, you know, it's Apollo, it's Greek gods, and I'm like, you're kind of just dressing up in something different, and it's almost more annoying because I'm like, all right, instead of just having the godlike figure, he's he's talking like Apollo and he's talking about you know myths and he's he's name dropping all these other gods, and I'm like, you're not really doing anything with it, just stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so no. it's all just dressing for the. Uh, I think we should count how many of these we get this season. Oh, that's one. <laughs> yep. Well, one one down. We got you know twenty something episodes left. Yeah, so so we're at a fifty-fifty success rate so far for season two. It's a rough start. It's not that rough. I mean, fifty-fifty is pretty low. Like that—that's not where you want to be. If yeah, it but... ended at fifty-fifty, we go shit. That's a lot of gods. No, I don't mean for. I just mean for weak episodes, not gods. Obviously, yeah. If we get if we get to the end of the season and half the episodes are literally these godlike figures, yeah, I'll complain. But I mean, yeah. if we get to the end of a season here and it's like fifty fifty in terms of fifty percent good, fifty percent not that good, I'll be kind of okay with that. Like that's an okay ratio. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. More the better, of course. But if, that, if that's it's, what it's, we... like, it's, 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 I suppose that's the the minimum acceptable fifty fifty, isn't it? Because if you've got more bad than good. Which, to be fair, I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about the season at this point. No, me either. It's, it's just unfortunate that you know one of the early episodes is one that we we did not connect with and found quite tedious to get through. So yeah, but there you go. So uh, that is who mourns for Adonis. Uh, oh, actually, one final point. I thought this ended really abruptly. Because you know how typically whenever they end something down the planet, it usually cuts back up to the bridge and like there'll be a little sort of just epilogue scene with them talking about it on the bridge. Usually making a joke at Spock's expense. Usually making a joke at Spock's expense. And then it'll cut to, you know, that's when the, 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 the credit yeah. will come up, created by Gene Roddenberry or whatever. And here, it just it just cut, it cut to the exterior shot of the ship like it was going to do that. And the credit just came up. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> right, I was, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So just, it's not a big deal, but it just it caught me off guard. Could have easily slashed two minutes from pretty much anywhere else in this episode to have given us this scene at the end. Yep. But there you go. So that, that is uh, Who Mourns for Adonis. Let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv. Uh, you get these episodes a week early if you do. That's one of the perks. That's the the one dollar tier. But there's more. There's more rewards at like five dollars as well. There's a lot of stuff in there. But uh, certainly at the one dollar tier, you get these a week early. Uh, so that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.